It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. to MLB.com's Top 100 Mid-Season Prospects Show, Inside Studio 21. It's Greg Amsinger, Harold Reynolds, with the guys that put this list together, Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo of MLBPipeline.com. The mid-season list. Andrew Benintendi was number one on the preseason list. I think it's interesting, after the trade deadline, to kind of reshuffle the stack, if you will, right? Yeah, and that's part of the reason we do it. We try to redo the list right before the trade deadline so when the trades happen, everybody's in the proper context. Okay, Jonathan. Ben Attenney was at the top of the list beginning of the year? Right. What's the criteria here? It's, it's really rookie status. So if you get past 130 at-bats or 50 innings for a pitcher or service time on a 25-man roster, you're gone. So you're going to see guys on the list right now who are in the big leagues or have big league time, but they haven't officially graduated off of the list yet because they haven't reached those criteria. So no Andrew Benintendi. Andrew Benintendi is no longer on this show, but we have lots to get to. We have lots to get to. Uh, a reminder before we break down the top 50, pay attention to the bottom of the screen. That's where players 100 through 51 will be revealed. As for the first five players on this list, let's start with number 50. Baltimore catching prospect Chance Cisco has a career minor league batting average over 300, considered close to the big leagues. Cisco is. Outfielder Anthony Alford has a high upside considering he spent so much time playing big-time college football. Remember, he made it to the big leagues, but fractured his wrist. At number 48, 6'6 six six lefty Jay Groom of the Red Sox. This kid could be a future ace. Touches 97, devastating curveball. Kyle Lewis makes the list after returning to game action in June thanks to an ACL injury he suffered last summer. At number 46, Stroh's right-hander Franklin Perez, just 19, has four great pitches, including a plus fastball and curveball. Uh, the White Sox are thrilled to have Blake Rutherford in their system. He came over from the Yankees in that Todd Frazier deal. You see him there at number 45. At 44, 17-year-old Kevin Maiton, another Atlanta shortstop prospect, was signed as an international free agent last year. He's drawing comparisons to Chipper Jones, thanks to being a switch hitter with power from both sides of the plate. Former first-round pick Cal Quantrill on the list of the Padres. Uh, just his second season back from Tommy John surgery. He's got big-time stuff. At number 42, Nationals outfield Juan Soto. Scouts love his left-handed swing, projected to be a middle-of-the-order guy down the road. Mets first base prospect Dominic Smith is on the countdown. He's been a hit-for-average guy in the minors. At a number 40, Forrest Whitley, who at 19 years old is already 6'7", 240 pounds, draws comparisons to former Marlins pitcher Josh Johnson. Uh, Kevin Maiton, interesting comparisons to a young guy, Jonathan. Chipper Jones comp. You know I'm a big fan of comps. You, you love the comps. That, that's aggressive. You're the one here who loves the comps. I do. I yeah. love them. <laughs> it is a little aggressive. I mean, we've I've heard I've heard Miguel Cabrera for him. I mean, it, it's a little crazy considering he is 
you know, 17 years old and just getting started. They signed him for four and a quarter million dollars. So obviously the Braves thought highly of him to spend that kind of money. And he made his U.S. debut. He made his pro debut in the United States, the Gulf Coast League. Hit his way out of the GCL pretty quickly. And he's uh, up in the Appalachian League right now where he is much, much younger than most of the hitters there. And he's got a chance to hit for average power both sides of the plate. He's a good defender. He plays shortstop right now. He's going to get too big for, for shortstop. He probably moves over to third where he, I think he has a chance to be a, a really good defender and the bat middle of the order run producer that'll fit the profile of that corner infield spot really well another middle of the order bat who comes from the international side and we're going to see a lot of international players on this list is Juan Soto of the Nationals I've talked to scouts who actually like him better than Victor Robles who we're going to see up near the top wow. of this list you know we haven't seen a whole lot in this year he's had an ankle injury he's had a handmade problem so he's only played about 23 games but he's got that sweet left-handed swing you see there he's got an advanced approach for an 18 year old he recognizes pitches well he uses whole field the power is going to come he's going to be your classic right field Tell you what, I, I'm going to go to infield, all right? I'll go with Dominic Smith. You saw him on the list here with the Mets. Playing in Vegas. I want to take you back, though. This is boys to men for me. Here he is at age 18. Remember this video, Greg, when we're getting ready for the draft? This is the 13 draft that he was in. Well, here's what happened when a guy gets a little bit bigger. I mean, a lot bigger. He put some weight on boys to men. Now he's 22 years old. This is what happens when you get in the minor leagues. But I love how he can go line to line. Flip the ball in the gaps. He's got a ton of doubles. He's got 33 doubles this year at time of recording this. And he's, he's hitting 340. He's got 16 home runs. When you go in, he can turn on it. You know, so the big thing, the question for me will be playing in Vegas. I played there in the minor leagues. The ball flies. So how true is the power? I don't see flipping a ball inside out getting out of city field. He's going to have to learn to drive the ball a little bit more. But I do like what he brings to the table. He's going to yeah. get a chance to play. Lucas Duda's moved on. And the Mets are going to see what this kid can do. He's not just a power guy. Hits for average. Yes. Great numbers throughout his minor league career, Dominic Smith. Let's jump right back into the countdown with number 39. We find a guy who's in consideration for the top overall pick in last year's draft. A.J. Puck averaged over 12 Ks per nine innings during his minor league career. His fastball currently sits between 96 and 97 miles per hour. Braves farmhand Mike Soroka moves up 40 spots from the preseason list thanks to a sub-3 ERA in double-A this year. Keep in mind, kid's only 19 years old, strike-throwing machine. At number 37, Franklin Barreto, who many believe will be playing short for the Oakland A's for years to come. Remember, he already made it to the bigs this year, and he homered in his second at-bat. Carson Kelly of the Cardinals makes the list, currently backing up Yadier Molina after posting 834 OPS from 10 home runs at AAA this year. Remember, Molina signed through 2020. What are they going to do with this guy? At number 35, another brace prospect, Kyle Wright, 6'4 righty. Fastball touches 97 to go along with three terrific secondary pitches. He was drafted fifth overall this year. At number 34, we find Nick Gordon of the Twins. This 21-year-old shortstop is up 16 spots from the preseason list. He's showing much more power this year at AA after hitting a combined five home runs in his previous three minor league seasons. I remember A.J. Puck coming out of college, Harold, and we looked at this guy on film. We are like, why isn't this guy the number one pick? His numbers didn't translate in college. He didn't have a lot of success, but it looks like he's putting together now in the minor leagues. Well, the, the pro game allows you to develop, and really that's what it's about. College is win right now. Pro game's developing. Reminds me a lot of Randy Johnson, a lot of the tall, lanky body of a Chris Sale, but the, the stuff is not as electric as those guys, although it's pretty impressive. And when you watch A.J. Puck throw the ball, 
the big ability to sling it. Oakland's got a nice tall lefty, 6'7", 220 pounds. That's a great body. Here's what it looks like coming at you. He's going to be devastating on left-handed hitters. And here's you can see the comparison where I bring up an Andrew Miller, Randy Johnson, or Chris Sale with the motion that he uses. Give you a little bit in the futures game. Go at you. He can bit the ball mid-90s. Right there, 95 miles an hour. But the big thing I noticed with him is he can pitch. It's not always about striking guys out. He gets a ground ball out here to end this half inning. It was just impressive watching him learn how to throw. And that's what happens in the minor leagues when we talk about guys learning to develop. He's a project that's developing. I think he's developing nicely. Well, speaking of projects, Carson Kelly was a guy who was a second-round pick and got big money as a third baseman coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. After his first full year in pro ball, the Cardinals moved him behind the plate, and he took to it very quickly, and he's taking to it so well now. I think he's the best defensive catching prospect in the minor leagues. I mean, he, he receives well, he frames well, he's got a strong arm, he blocks well, he's got good leadership skills, he calls a good game. As you mentioned, the only problem is you got a pretty good catcher, a future Hall of Famer in St. Louis, who's not going anywhere for a while. And the thing is, besides the defense, and this happens a lot when guys are developing as catchers, especially without the experience. Once Carson got more comfortable behind the plate, the bat started to improve too. I think he's a future 280, you know, 12 to 15 home run guy, along with a potential Gold Glove catcher. What do you but do with him? I put a star right by him because there's a tremendous trade chip for the Cardinals. Yeah, look, they got to turn things around there. He, he's been a trade chip for a while, and it has it hasn't happened. Uh, you know, uh, the guy that I want to talk about right in this now. group, Nick Gordon, I feel we finally have ranked kind of where he should be. He's one of these guys who he doesn't have any one. Wow, tool like you know, off the chart speed or ridiculous power or a gun for an arm, but he does everything pretty well to really well. And this year, I think he's put it all together more. You mentioned the, the extra base pop starting to show up a little more. As a really young player at the double A level, I feel like he's been around forever, but he's only 21. Um, mostly plays shortstop. He can play there. He's played some second base this year. So I think next year, when wherever Minnesota might need him, he's going to be ready to step in. I feel like he's been kind of steadily climbing because he, he's like the tortoise in the tortoise in, in, in the hair race. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what Didi, <laughs> I wonder what Didi Gregorius looked like at that age. You say the power, but that left-handed bat does remind me of. Didi yeah, Gregorius. I don't. I, could he get to be I don't a 15 homer guy? Maybe. I mean, I don't think we thought Didi was going to hit for that right. much power back then. So I think it's possible. If I had to guess, I'd say a little shy of that. But he does everything well. Grew up around the game, so he knows how to carry himself. He's going to be a really, really good big leader. He's a different player than D. Yeah. You know, he's going to have a little bit more power than D does. More not power than Didi? No, 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 no. D, than D, D Gordon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then D. We're talking about D, D, D. Yeah, we're getting all mixed up. Oh, hey, let's take a break. Uh, still let's ahead. detour. Some of baseball's best young stars were first overall picks. Yeah, Steven Strasburg, he was the top pick by the Nats in 2009. Uh, one year later, they took the cornerstone of their franchise, Bryce Harper, first overall. And in 2011, remember this, the Pittsburgh Pirates made UCLA right-hander Garrett Cole their first selection. All he became was the ace of their staff. And in 2012, the Astros drafted Carlos Correa number one overall. He celebrated that moment right here at MLB Network. Up next, a pair of number one overall picks show up on our list. Will they live up to the hype? That's next. Welcome back to MLB.com's Top 100 Midseason Prospects Show. Right back to the countdown we go. Number 33, former first overall pick in 2016, Mickey Moniak. He's currently in low A ball. Not exactly tearing it up. Hitting around 250 with an on-base, barely over 300. 
At number 32 is an 18-year-old switch hitting outfielder, Leody Tavares. The Rangers love this kid. Plus bat, plus speed. His power is developing. He's still listed just 170 pounds. Baseball's most recent number one overall pick, number 31, Royce Lewis, considered the top high school position player in the 2017 draft class. Some scouts think he could move to center field at some point. Draws comps to George Springer. Bo Bichette plays short in the minors as well, but like Lewis, some scouts think his future will be at a different position. Regardless, Dante's son mashes. His minor league batting average this year, around 400. Mackenzie Gore was drafted third overall this year after a record-setting high school career. He went to combine 23-1 with an ERA under .2 during his final two prep seasons. At number 28, Dodger outfielder Alex Verdugo. Hit for average guy, cannon for an arm, throws 94 off the mound, which explains his 37 outfield assists in his first two seasons as a pro. Anytime I see a familiar last name, I always get excited. Obviously, Dante Bichette could mash as a member of the Colorado Rockies. He had another son that's in minor league baseball, but hitting around 400, what's the deal with Bo Bichette? He had 385 the first half of the year before they moved him up to high A. Bo can swing it. Bo can play some ball. Let's take a closer look at Bo. You know, I've known him a long time. Here he is in high school. A lot of movement, right? And a lot of people are questioning, was he going to be able to hit? You see the athleticism and the range. But the thing that's impressed me is he's taken the slack and all the, the extra movement out of his swing from high school to now putting up these staggering numbers in the minors. Look, line to line, once again, being able to hit that. How do you hit a high average? By hitting, using the whole field. And don't dare hang something over the middle. He's got pop enough to do it. Before they moved him, Bo Bichette was hitting 384 with 10 homers and 51 RBIs. And then they said, oh, well, maybe we'll move him up. You know what he was doing the first little bit of time there? Hitting over 400 at the next level. So, so Bo, you're putting it together. He's doing it all. And I love the work ethic, the family, everything. Mm -hmm. But this guy's a gym rat. And I love seeing the, him coming through. Right I now. love that you enjoy minor league statistics as much as I do. Because I think it does matter. If you're going to be a superstar, you got to dominate. Put numbers league. up. Yes, yes. Now, one thing that you, it's hard to put numbers up, Jonathan, when you just were drafted in right. 2017. So we have a small sample size of pro ball, yet you guys have the daunting task of seeing where they fit in with guys who have proven themselves in the minor leagues. Yeah, it's one of the sort of most fun things about this re-rank is the 2017 draft guys. And Royce Lewis was the number one pick in the draft, so he's got to go somewhere on this list. And uh, this is a guy who it may not have been, he wasn't number one on our talent board, but he has got a really exciting combination of tools and a feel for the game. He's not one of these raw toolsy guys who doesn't know how to play baseball. He's got some good instincts. He's off and running in the Gulf Coast League. He's already hitting You like him better so now than you did in the draft day? Uh, I mean, it's only been a sampling of games. You don't want to put too much into stats in the Gulf Coast League in your debut, but it's always nice to see a guy who's got that number one on his back get off to a really good start. He looks like he belongs in the pro game. Wow. Another guy who looks like he belongs is Mackenzie Gore. And you guys knew I was going to talk about Mackenzie oh, Gore. Of course. I thought his last hey, name was Callus. Jim, where would, <laughs> where would, <laughs> I'm just curious. Where would you have taken him if you had the number one pick? I think I would have taken him number one. I might have said that a couple oh, times. You guys may have heard said. that. And, again, small sample size. No runs in his first nine pro innings and 13 strikeouts. And I agree with Jonathan. That doesn't mean a whole lot. What does mean a lot is this guy can show you four-plus pitches. He can hit 97. It's a plus curveball. He'll flash a plus slider. He'll flash a plus changeup. He's got that. Really high leg kick that throws hitters off, but he's so athletic that he sticks the landing spot every time, throws a lot of strikes. 
Uh, I, as you guys may know, I love this guy a lot. I still can't believe Greg was being mean to Mickey Moe, but uh, at least oh, he was he, nice to Mackenzie Gore. Mean, no, I, it, it just goes along with what I was saying. If you can put up some minor league stats, I'm buying Brian Kenny always star. says, they're not my stats. They're, they're <laughs> well done. <laughs> In this case, BK, thank you for backing me up. Let's get back to the countdown. Uh, we're going to pick it up with a budding star who's currently in the middle of a pennant race with the Yankees. That's right. Clint Frazier ranked 27 on this list after showing a strong power speed mix. He does How can you leave him at 27 when he's in the middle of a pennant race? We'll get back point. to that, guys. Uh, Luis Robber of the White Sox is number 26. They claim he's the most hyped prospect to come out of Cuba since Yuan Moncada explains his $26 million signing bonus. Yet another Braves farmhand shows up at number 25. Colby Allard up 28 spots thanks to proving he's finally healthy. He's had an ongoing back issue, same injury that dropped into the middle of the first That uniform that hurt him. Is that right? We dropped him five spots because of that. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Tristan McKenzie up 23 spots, 19 years old, averaging 11 Ks per nine during three seasons as a pro. Tampa Bay's two-way prospect, Brendan McKay, number 23 on the list, after being drafted fourth overall this year, a record-breaking college career at Louisville, dominating with the bat and on the mound, could be considered the greatest college player ever. And number 22, Pirates right-hander Mitch Keller battled injuries throughout his minor league career, including this season. He missed time with a back strain, but his stuff makes scouts believe he could be a future frontline starter. Tristan McKenzie's only 19 years old, but Harold, some guys, especially pitchers that are this athletic, they jump off the screen. This guy's gonna, he's gonna, you know, we always house. talk about they hear everything we say. Draft day, I called him a string bean and he took it personal and it hurt. And I let him go ahead and take a shot back at me. Look at this. Now you can look into the camera. And you got I, I got nothing to say. All love. All love. <laughs> you know, I really, it hurt me deep down to just call me a string bean on national television. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he was talking a lot more trash until he got on that. Look, hey, 6'5", 165. He's still got to put some weight on growing to his body. You know what I like, though? The fastball. This kid challenges with this heater. I'm just going to give you one at bat. On the corner, gets the minor league strike for one. Comes back, paints the next one for two, and then comes right back at him. I'm not playing around with you. Here's the heater. I love that he's learned how to pitch off his fastball. The breaking stuff is coming. And the growth is there. This guy's got the body you look for. 6'5", 165. When he puts on another 20 oh, yeah. to 30 pounds, that ball's going to explode probably another five miles an hour. I mean, that's how impressive this young man is going to be. Yeah, he has more ceiling. Mitch Keller, who's just a couple spots ahead of him, he has a more now stuff, even though they're roughly around the same area. And yet, he has had some, some injuries. 2015, he missed most of the year. And this year, he was out a little bit. And you see the, the sinking fastball there. He gets a ton of ground ball outs. He's got that 11 to 5 curveball as his best secondary pitch. The changeup gets ground ball outs. So this is a guy who misses bats and gets weak contact. The Pirates love guys who get ground balls, and that's why they're really, really high on him. Plus, that's a fastball up into the mid 90s. Now, did you give us a callous stuff. bias because he's Pittsburgh? I'm a Pittsburgh. total homer when it comes to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Full disclosure. <laughs> I'm not a homer. I just like the guys I like. And one of the guys I like is Brendan McKay. You talk about a guy with a good curveball. He's got a plus curveball. He's got a consistent low 90s fastball. Tired a little bit at the end of the college season. Throws a lot of strikes. And yet, the Rays like him more as a hitter. They, you know, we talked about this guy a lot leading up to the draft. The most accomplished two-way player in college baseball history. Won the John Olerud Award all three years. Won the Golden Spikes Award this year as well. And, you know, in addition to the pitching prowess, I mean, the guy's a gifted hitter. The power's coming. He has a chance to be a solid first baseman. And I, I still think there's a split on, on what this guy will be exactly. The first three teams in the draft, 
All considered Brennan McKay would have taken him as a pitcher, saw him as a potential number two starter. The Rays and Braves liked him more as a hitter. The Rays are letting him do both for now. It'll be very interesting to see how long so, that so goes Jim, on. So, Jim, what's the plan? He's going to do both. How long will they let him do that? Is it particularly just this summer? I, I think it's still TBA. I think it could be just this summer because – you know, he's just getting his feet wet. You know, he's not, he wasn't going to pitch a ton even if you drafted him as a pitcher because he pitched a lot at Louisville. They went to the College World Series. You know, personally, you can look at it two ways. You can look at a guy who has a chance to be good doing two things or a guy who's potentially great making a bigger impact doing one. I think it's so hard to be very good or a star big leaguer at one that I wouldn't mess around. I would have him focus on whatever you think he does best. I think ways. the Rays think that's a hitter. Ways. Let, let him, him do, it, do both. it if he wants to do it. If he wants to do both, let him do it. But, but what if we're what ready if, for it? But here's the question. If, if let's say as a hitter, he's a 300 hitter, 20, 25 home runs. But by doing both and he can't focus on either, you're making him a 275, 15 home run guy. And instead of being the number two starter, he's more of a number Five. four. And his velocity did drop at the end of the season. And the college season shortened the pro season from doing both. So I, I it's a tough question. I think pitching. As to, oh, I got to concentrate on it 24 hours a day, every day of the week. Man, throw the ball on the fifth day and hit the other days. But it takes Old a toll school. on you. It's hard Says enough the to guy pitch every who fifth never day. Throw an inning ever. Right? <laughs> 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 I threw in Little League. <laughs> we got to throw this to break right now. Uh, up next, Sports Illustrated dubbed Hunter Green as baseball's next Babe Ruth. That's a lofty comparison. We break down the number two overall pick and we come back to the top 100 midseason prospect show. With the second selection of the 2017 MLB Draft, the Cincinnati Reds select Hunter Green. It's a long journey to get to this point. It's been my dream since I was seven. I've been blessed to be in a position like this and have great people around me, uh, like my family and my friends. This is just a once-in-a-lifetime experience where I just get to go out and start my career and just have a blast uh, with a great ball club and a great group of guys, so I'm pumped. You are just the star baseball needs. Uh, let's get back to the countdown at number 21, the second overall pick in this year's draft, Hunter Green. He's 18 years old. Yeah, dubbed the next Babe Ruth by SI. Like the Babe, he'll begin his pro career on the mound thanks to a fastball that hits triple digits at number 20. And then we said on the show for five years now, Austin Meadows drops 10 spots from our preseason list because at the moment isn't exactly dominating the minors. He around 250 with little power in AAA. Uh, welcome to the big leagues, Ozzie Albies. The Braves recently called up the infielder after a great AAA season. We had 285 with nine homers, 21 stolen bases in 97 games. And number 18, another infielder, Willie Adamas of the Rays. His glove is his calling card, but his bat has improved each year in the minors. Uh, he's much more selective to play. His walks are up, strikeouts are down. Down 11 spots in this countdown is Alex Reyes of the Cardinals. He was set to make a big impact in St. Louis this year, but underwent Tommy John surgery before the season began. Went healthy, some of the best stuff in baseball. And number 16, Cleveland catching prospect Francisco Mejia, a switch hitter, posted a 50-game hitting streak last year, which was the longest by a minor leaguer since 1963. Uh, Hunter Green, we know he's not going to throw a ton, but you got to put him somewhere on this list. Uh, what some out there say, is this too high, too much of an aggressive well, ranking? He was number one on our, on our talent ranking, so I, to, to have him be the highest-ranked draftee makes a, a lot of sense. And obviously, we're not doing it based on what he's done now. He, he's really just getting started, hadn't played a, a lot. He's actually going to hit for a little while first, and we're not going to see him uh, pitch uh, in you know, professional ball for, for a little while still, maybe a little bit at the end of the summer and into instructs. But he's going to pitch long term. This isn't a Brendan McKay kind of conversation, uh, although I know Harold would love to see him play shortstop. He was a really good infielder, but triple digits, breaking ball, I think all the stuff is there. A lot of raw tools to work with in Hunter Green.
Yeah, Willie Adamas is an interesting guy, too. You know, if we'd done the show three years ago, he obviously wasn't on the list. But people were like, who is this Willie Adamas that just won the David Price trade that they got from the Tigers? Who is this kid? And, and now people know he's one of the best shortstop prospects in the minor leagues. He's got one of the best bats, I think, of players in the minors. There's bat speed. There's hand-eye coordination. He's going to have, I think, at least 15 home run power. He's a big guy for a shortstop, and he can drive the ball. Not the quickest guy. He doesn't have that typical shortstop quickness. But he's really good instincts and strong arm. I think he stays at shortstop. I don't think he has to move off the position. Strong arm instincts, Francisco Mejia. I watched him take infield. He's a catcher in the in the uh, game and down in Florida with the uh, Futures game. Oh my gosh, he was throwing rockets. I was so impressed with him. But I got a little catching video of him, ability to block the ball, throw those things. But the man can hit. Greg talked about the 50-game hit streak. But he's a, another guy, line to line. You know what this. New defenses with the shift and everything. He reminds me of Jose Ramirez with the Indians. Able to switch hit, go line to line with his swing. Very similar in ability to go wall to wall, switch hit, do all those different things. And I just think this kid's upside is going to be so big. We'll see him in the big leagues pretty soon. The top catching prospect in baseball. Yeah. There's not another catcher ranked ahead of him. Uh, Mejia, again, a 50-game hitting streak, a remarkable achievement in the minor Catch leagues. Catch and throw, man. That's right. Up next, uh, in the last year, the White Sox traded their two aces and received the Kings' ransom in return. They now have one of the best farm systems in baseball. Three of the prospects they received in those deals remain in the top 15 of our list. We'll have those future Southsiders for you after the break on MLB Network. The Sirius XM Futures game is underway. I can't just wait to see these guys go from here and see which ones get to the big leagues the fastest and which ones make the, the biggest contribution. Nothing new for Brent Honeywell. Fantastic play there by Brendan Rodgers. Wow. Nine hits by nine different U.S. players. Can't get much more balance than that. Little by little here, the world team is chipping away. What a fine diving grab. And the U.S. team has now won seven of the last eight Futures games. 13 out of the top 15 players on this list played in the Futures game. You're looking at Lewis Brinson. He's in Milwaukee now after hitting 345 in AAA with 10 home runs. Scouts think he could be a 30-30 player at some point. Rays pitching prospect Brent Honeywell up 17 spots, number 14 on this list. This guy's arsenal highlighted by a screwball, which is his best secondary pitch. That screwball helped him win Futures game MVP. Up a whopping 80 spots, Dodgers right-hander Walker Bueller. Former Vandy ace can touch 99 with his fastball, currently striking out over 12 per nine. Uh, number 12, Michael Kopech, hard-throwing right-hander that the White Sox acquired in the Chris Sale deal. He hits triple digits. Stuff reminds many scouts of Noah Syndergaard. The Reds' top prospect is up 15 spots from our previous list. Nick Senzel is expected to be the first hitter from the 2016 draft class to make the majors. OPS around 890 in AA this year. And number 10, Astros outfielder Kyle Tucker. One of the reasons the Astros weren't super active at the trade deadline they refuse to trade this guy. Many scouts consider him the best pure hitter in the minor leagues. Um, well, Jim, I guess you could say the same thing about Walker Bueller. Although the Dodgers were active, they did not part ways with him. Is he considered an untouchable prospect for the Dodgers? Yeah, they did consider him an untouchable. They would not talk about him in a deal for you, Darvish, or anyone did not want to let him go. And I know you're excited about him being up a whopping 80 spots on the list. And it's an amazing story. I mean, going into his draft year in 2015, we had him ranked as the top prospect at Vanderbilt ahead of Dansby Swanson, went number one. His elbow bothered him the whole season. Gets drafted in the first round by the Dodgers, has Tommy John surgery almost immediately. So he comes back at the end of last year and pitches just a handful of innings. He touches 99. He's throwing a lot harder than he ever did before, but still it's a small sample size. Okay, we'll see what happens when he comes back for a full season. 
this stuff has stayed there. This is a guy who was low 90s up to 96 in, in college. Now he's mid-90s, touching 99. The curveball's harder. The slider's harder. The changeup's harder, but still effective. And he hasn't lost his ability to throw strikes. He's always had good control. I mean, we're talking about the three best pitching prospects in baseball in this block with Honeywell and Bueller and Kopech. And Bueller, probably of those three guys, has the best combination of stuff and control. Wow. Well, praise. impressive, no doubt. But also impressive was Kopech. And it's the fastball. I mean, this guy is electric. And when you get a chance to see what he can bring, you know, the, the 21 years old, I love that, 205 pounds. But the 101, here's what it looks like coming at you. All right, let's just go to the Futures game. Uh, yeah, there's 100, Greg. You know what? I'll top it. There's 101. Wow. Hello. And now I'll drop a breaking ball on you as well. I mean, that's what's impressive about this young man. It's a matter of when the White Sox decide that they're going to bring him up. You know, we're playing this game again of control. And this is a guy that they're going to have for a number of years to come. He was a big part in that trade they made. Uh, very impressive stuff. His teammate uh, on that U.S. squad was Kyle Tucker, who, you know, comes in, you know, at number 10 in this, in this group right now. We talked about the Astros not wanting to, to trade him for good reason. I mean, this is a young guy already in double-A. He's showing the ability to hit for average and power. Uh, Runs better than I think we thought even coming out of the draft. He's not a burner. Now, nothing he does is particularly pretty. It, it doesn't look right, but it works. And if it ain't broke, you shouldn't fix it. And he's got a chance to be a, close to a five-tool guy once he gets to the big league. We heard what Dallas Keuchel said about the lack of action on the day of the trade deadline from the Houston Astros. Uh, this is a team that's ready to win now. It was a difficult decision by the front office of the Strohs to not pull the trigger and part ways with one of these guys when it looks like they're clearly one or two pieces away from being a heavy favorite to go to the World Series out of the American League. Yeah, I mean, I guess they felt that those the pieces that were available to them were not worth how they valued their prospects. Now, did they overvalue their prospects? I don't know. We'll have to wait and, and find out, and we'll have to see who might be available, you know, in the offseason or in the future for, for their ability to make trades. Well, they've done such a great job of acquiring all the talent to really stockpile this organization. But there comes a point where it's like, okay, we got a stockpile. Now we got a chance to win the World Series because that's what we're playing for. Right. And if you have the pieces to go make the move to get what you need, like the Cubs did, you do with that. Well, right I now. wonder if I wonder if they're a little gun shy from a couple of years ago when they made trades for Scott Casimir and Carlos Gomez, neither of which worked out as they hoped. But I agree with you guys. You have a chance to win. You never know how often that chance is going to come. I, I'm still. Shaking my head at the Nationals shutting down Steven Strasburg a few years ago. They still haven't won a playoff series. That hasn't, you know, materialized. you got to go for it when you have a chance to win, and I think it's going to hurt the Astros. They don't have that dominant guy who can go out there and strike out 12 in October and just shut the other team down, and I think they're going to regret it. McCullers has the upside to do that, but, but right back now, on the deal. Yes, he's yep. back on the deal. You don't know what you're going to get come October, but they held on to their future. We'll see if it impacts them right now. Hey, we're into the top ten of the list. When we come back, we'll reveal our number nine prospect. Can you guess who it is right now? This prospect entered the season as their number 15 prospect. He was the number three overall pick in 2015. He hit 400 for the Lancaster Jethawks before his promotion to AA in June. Our mystery prospect is next. Welcome back to MLB.com's Top 100 Midseason Prospects Show right here on MLB Network. Now, we went to break with some trivia. Who in the world hit 400 for the Lancaster Jethawks before being promoted to AA in June? You nailed it. Yeah, it's Brendan Rodgers of the Rockies organization. You know, he was the third overall pick in 2015 behind Dansby Swanson and Alex Bregman. You wonder who will be a better big leaguer in five years. If your answer is Rodgers, nobody can blame you. He's already in double-A, like I said, after tearing up high end. Uh, listen to these stats. Other than the batting average in 48 games, 12 home runs and 46 RBIs in 48 games. 
Again, this kid could be a superstar. Number eight it belongs to Ronald Acuna of the Braves. Now, he wasn't ranked on our previous list. He's the Braves' top prospect after a tremendous 2017 season. He went through high A and double A. Number seven, Eloy Jimenez, uh, just traded to the White Sox in the Jose Quintana deal. Expect to hit for average, become a 25 to 30 home run guy with a cannon for a throwing arm. Vladdy's little boy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is number six. Currently, he plays third base, but could move to the outfield or even first base as he continues to bulk up. His bat plays, uh, makes contact more like walks than strikeouts. The Nationals' top prospect, Victor Robles, is ranked fifth, considered a future five-tool guy, showcases plus-plus speed. Fans of Washington view him as a future cornerstone player. Number four, Rafael Devers. How impressive has this 20-year-old been with the Red Sox? You see why scouts have been drooling over him for years. He was having one of the best minor league seasons, hitting 20 home runs in just 86 games. But maybe, well, I don't know, I think Brendan Rodgers is a future superstar. Uh, does that game translate to Coors Field in your eyes? No doubt. Coors Field, any field. Cornfields. This boy, <laughs> right, man. I'm telling you, I started looking at his ability as good as anybody in the game. We saw him in high school playing short. You knew then the sweet hands. He could swing the bat. But you're talking about shooting through an organization. I love his baseball acronym, understanding the game. But how about this play in the Futures game last month? I mean, picking it. Got him at second. Take your time. He's got the clock, the motor, everything you look for. And, oh, by the way, I can swing it, too. I'm telling you, I was so impressed watching him develop and grow. And it's only been a couple seasons that we've really got a chance to see him. He's going to be a big-time, big-league star. I'm not just saying shooting through. You guys got this right. He's in the time. Good job, fellas. About time. <laughs> we, we get I think this guy's going to be a star. We, you we, sound like we, you think we should have him higher on the list. Yeah, he should be we higher. Should. I mean, we, we should sometimes, be higher. sometimes we get it right, and every once in a while we get a guy wrong. And Ronald Acuna, Brace prospect fans, hit the DVR switch now. We got it wrong with Ronald Acuna. You can see the biggest guys who made leaps on our list who weren't on the preseason list. No worries. And Acuna wasn't on 101. Now he's at number eight overall. And, uh, you know, I get complaints from Braves fans that that's too low. It's he should be the number Acuna one prospect overall. So you had good. to work that There's in. No worries. Uh, he is uh, already in AAA at age 19, and he's raking in AAA. Uh, he plays center now. Maybe he moves to right. I mean, I think he's got the tools to stay in center, but he's got the gun, you know, the, the gun of an arm to play right field. Let but he's a five-tool guy. How did he move up so fast? What did he do differently? He, he just he showed that he could do it at full season level, and then each level after that, he, he conquered every single level in the minor leagues in, in one season. I like the humility that you guys do sometimes, you know, make mistakes. But most of the time, you guys nail it. Like mm. Jim Callis, <laughs> before the wow. season started, said this about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Watch. Who do we think could make that big jump that we've seen other guys make in years past on the list for next year? I'm going to say Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He could be number one on this list a year from now. He's that good at the plate. He's got bat speed, strength, plate discipline, pitch recognition, good approach, uses whole field. Great year last year, pro debut at age 17 against a lot of older players in the Appy League. He's going to go to full season ball this year. He could be number one on this list a year from that now. That looked just like his dad. Uh, I mean, well done. Well done, Jim Callis. Wow. I mean, uh, he's not number one, but he's pretty close. Well, I said a year from now, and it hasn't been 12 months since we... Oh, uh, so you may have nailed it. Callis is still in the show. No, I mean, everything yet. from Gore to Guerrero. That's right. I'm just... It's, I'm, I'm, I love the guys I love. But, no, I mean, everything I said about him there is true. Plus, he goes to low A this year at age 18. Wasn't even a challenge for him. He's already in high A. You know, the similarities to him and his dad are, are incredible. And he's got more play participants. His dad would swing at everything. This guy, as you mentioned, Greg, has more walks and strikeouts. I'll, I'll double down on the hyperbole. Are you ready? Oh, my goodness. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Vladimir Guerrero Sr., first father-son combination, 
in the Hall of Fame. Oh, oh come on. Yeah. So we can run that tape in 2045. Oh. 2045, run that tape. I'm going to tell you what. How old is this kid? Is he 18? He's 18. You're going to hold a theme going, though. Jim's got the plaque already. I've got to ask you something. Most 19-year-old guys were seeing this theme. They get to the big leagues at 19. It's pretty good, like you're on the Hall of Fame track. Will he be in the big leagues at age 19? I'll like say 20. Him. I'll say 20. I don't know if there's reason really to brush him next year. I don't think he'll be a third baseman long term. I think he's more of an outfielder, maybe a first baseman. But that bat is really going to play. So you're saying wow. that along with his father next year, he can also start working on his Hall of Fame speech. That's right. Get That's ahead right. of it. Start maybe, he can, maybe he can introduce his dad, and then that will be practice for him. He has to <laughs> make his speech in 2045. That was a statement by Jim Callis. We're going to step aside. You know, Andrew Benintendi was the number one prospect on our preseason list, but he's graduated past prospect status. That means we have a new number one. When we get back, we'll reveal the best prospect in baseball according to MLB Pipeline. That's next. Welcome back to the MLB.com Top 100 Mid-Season Prospects Show right here on MLB Network. You know, uh, Red Sox was number one on this list before the season started in Andrew Benintendi. Fast forward to the month of August, and there will be a new number one. But first, we find a Yankee farmhand at number three. A lot of excitement around Gleyber Torres. Was this kid Gleyber Torres? He was the youngest player, 19, in the Arizona Fall League. He was the youngest MVP in the Arizona Fall League. Hit over 400, led the league in on-base percentage. He's going to hit for power. He's going to hit for average. Love the bat. Uh, he is mature beyond his years. He's a natural leader on the field. But what impresses me about him, too, his, the reports on his defense seem to get better every year. His hands are so quick. They work so well at the plate. They work so well in the field. One of the best shortstop prospects in baseball. Saw a lot of this guy in the Arizona Fall League last year when he was the youngest MVP, youngest batting champion in league history. Was so impressed by how fast his hands were. Not just at the plate where he seemed to barrel everything up with just total ease, but also in the field. You know, they, this guy could play just about anywhere in the infield. I really think if he hadn't gotten hurt, he's going to have Tommy. He had Tommy John surgery on his non-throwing elbow. He might be third base, playing third base for the Yankees right now. They may never have made the Todd Frazier trade. No, I think that's true. He showed in the fall league. He slid over to second base and made it look like he'd been always playing there. I, as impressive as his tools are, I just was impressed with how he carried himself. He's ready to be a big leaguer when he gets back. And a lot of people kind of say, oh, it's his non-throwing elbow. It should be fine. I mean, I think he's going to be just fine. It's not going to impact his ability to make throws from any place in the diamond. We'll have to see how it impacts him coming back. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I'll play one now. He's broke. How can he be number three? And he's got Tommy Johnson. It's long-term value. Here's it's the question I have value. for you. When he's swinging the bat from the right side and he's using that left hand, that bottom hand that pulls the bat through, and if you look at his swing, he's got a finish where he flips that elbow through. That's going to take some time for him to be able to get that back, to get healthy, to get here and get that through. That's going to hurt more than throwing a baseball and slowly breaking it back in. But, but I think it's going to take a little while. But, but there's time. I mean, there's no reason to rush him up to, to the big leagues. They can, they can so he's that up. good with all these players we have on the list. Miguel Sano had Tommy John surgery as, as a minor leaguer. Miguel Sano, number three, going to the was big leagues. He, he was, was per, high up there. I'd have to go and check the, the yeah. list. But he was. Tom, he threw from the right. His, he had Tommy John. I'm just saying this is very unique in that we can't just say, oh, it was the opposite hand. There's a lot of things you do with that opposite hand, particularly when you're a right-handed hitter. That bottom hand is the one that brings that bat through. And, I, and that's a lot of force. That's I, a good point. I think let's be cautious. It let's may take a little bit longer than normal right. for a pitcher. You're bumming out Yankee come fans. Back. Don't bum them out. Not bumming anybody out. Just facts. We're here for facts. Hey, from Dr. one Reynolds. young infielder destined for New York to another one that recently debuted for the other New York team, here now the second best prospect in baseball. 
Ahmed Rosario, the New York Mets top prospect. Mets fans are clamoring for this guy to come up. He is absolutely fantastic. I am excited about Rosario, and, and he, he does do a lot of everything well. Same excitement level as we had for Lindor and Correa and Seager, guys like that. And with that, we lift the lid on number one, Ahmed Rosario. The Met fans, they know the significance. Fans really want to see Ahmed Rosario. The next great Met. Yeah, I mean, we've run out of superlatives, I think, for Ahmed Rosario. I know he's up in the big leagues. Mets fans have been waiting and waiting and waiting, and now he's here. And I think he belongs in that conversation with the, the great young shortstops there. Now, is he going to have the same kind of power uh, as Craig? No, of course not. But he is an all-around shortstop. He's going to play the position long term. He's a good defender. He's going to be a premium defender. He's going to hit for average. He's hit for average the last two years especially. He has been by far the youngest regular at his level all the way up the Mets ladder. He's handled it with maturity. This is a guy who is going to live up to those superstar expectations. I think if you're looking for that modern-day 30-homer shortstop, this ain't the guy. He's a throwback. Will he catch the ball and look pretty? Absolutely. But I, don't, I think the power... Is what's gonna, that's the separator with Correa, Lindor, those guys. I can't put him in that category because the power's not there. At least yeah. I, I don't see We it. didn't think Lindor was gonna have power yeah, like this. The, the, the power's gonna come. He's Lindor gonna had a body it. that you, tr you can see it maybe coming. This you don't, guy, you don't think that that, that that frame is gonna add strength? He's 21 years old. I will say of all the great young shortstops, and you're right, he's not gonna have Correa power or Corey Sager power, but. I think he is more, more, the best analogy is Lindor. Because Lindor was coming up, people thought about the glove more than the bat. They didn't necessarily see that kind of power coming. I'm not saying he's going to hit 20, 25 homers like Lindor is this year. But I think the guy can hit 12 to 15 homers, hit 280, and play gold glove defense. And that's a special player. That sounds like the back in my era. Dansby Swanson yeah. is how Dan, he was described. That's how Dansby Swanson was described. 280, 12 to 15. He, he's a better defender than Dansby. I don't think he has quite as much power. It'll be a good NL East discussion to have uh, going forward. Well, like I said before, the preseason list had a Red Sox number one in Andrew Benintendi. The midseason list has a new top player, and it's a former Red Sox prospect who is now playing second base on the south side of Chicago. The number one guy that stands out to me is Johan Moncada. This guy can do it all. The seismic deal was done. Chris Sale to the Red Sox, Yoan Moncada. But this guy screams superstar in the making. He can do it all. He's going to hit for average. He gets on base. He's got power. He can steal bases. He could arguably be the most like naturally talented baseball player on this list. You can put it on the board. Yeah. This young man here has a chance to be a big star. Boy, you're not kidding. Everything you see with him, from body type, switch hitter, the ability to do everything on the field, says superstar. This is one of the next great superstars in the game. He's going to take off. I know he struggled his first little bit in the big leagues. I'm not worried about it a lick. It's all there for him. And I, I tell you what, he's going to be one of the fun players to watch. What do you think? You, yeah, you I think, I mean, me? there's, it's a, such a small sample size. The swing and miss, especially on breaking stuff, is a little concerning. But you know what? Guys strike out now. It's not a big, it's not that big of a deal. He does everything else so incredibly. He's above average to plus across the board. So I'm not too worried. I think the White Sox handled it well. They let him get his feet under him post-trade. Let him put up some good numbers in AAA before they brought him up. There's no pressure right now. He can just go out and play and learn on the fly. Jim, I think the one thing, too, is having a Abreu, a fellow Cuban, mm -hmm. to walk him through things is really helping him through the learning curve of 
the adjustment period in the big leagues. There, there's also less pressure on him because the White Sox are probably going to finish with the worst record in baseball this year. Nobody's asking Yohan Mankata to lead them to the playoffs in the next couple of years. He can just develop. And, and I agree, strikeouts are part of today's game, like it or not. You know, Mike Trout strikes out 150 times a year. Nobody ever complains about how much he swings and misses. I mean, coming into the year, Jonathan, we had Aaron Judge wearing the 40s on our top 100 prospect list, I think higher than anybody else's prospect list. Right. And we got killed for it. Oh, that guy swings yeah. and misses too much. That guy can't play. Bradley Zimmer, we heard the same thing. Those guys, look, guys are going to swing and miss. And, and Yohan will continue to strike out. He still might be a 30-30 guy who plays up the middle somewhere. Here's what blows me away about this list. The first, the top eight players, international signings. Twelve of the top 19 players, international signings. What does that say about the state of the game right now? Well, it shows how important it is to not just draft well, but to hit the international market also. Uh, and it's interesting because they've changed international rules. Now everybody pretty much has the same amount of money to spend, and it's not going to be who can throw the most money at somebody and who's in the penalty box for overspending one year and has to wait. Now it's going to be about really scouting well and building relationships it's a big with deal. This is a big deal. This will be the next labor fight. You know, this round, it did, we got through the labor disputes, but you look at those numbers that we just put up, when you're getting 1.5 million, 1.7 million, and they're the best players, and then you get an American-born player drafted here, and he's getting seven and eight million, it's gonna be the next big argument. We'll leave it there. Congrats to Yoel Moncada, the number one prospect in all of baseball. This is the best young prospect that I've seen flown through the minors this year. Yeah. They weren't coming in acting like they were too cool. They came in just chill, calm, cool, collecting. Well, he's a different hitter already than he was when he first came up. And he hits a bomb! Talk to any scout and they love his ability. The guy hasn't stopped hitting since they drafted him. He Graves is one of the better prospects in baseball in the last decade. When people talk about Yohan Moncada, it seems to not be a question mark any longer. Frankly, in terms of his just pure bat tool, the biggest prospect, a lot of pieces there. Maybe we'll see him in September.